Welcome to the Spanish Arpada. I'm Sarah. And I am Peter. And we are ranking and reviewing all of the rulers of Spain from Leovigild to Felipe VI. But this time we're not going to be reviewing anybody. We are going to do an introductory episode on the Basques. Ah, well, Lord knows we've, I've made enough side-eye comments on them. I think it's probably time we got to know them a little better. Yes. So this is going to be a background episode, like the one we did at the beginning of the podcast about Spain in general, and the one we did before we started the Muslim rulers to explain the caliphate. This is going to be to explain the Basques. All right. So I don't know if I've asked you this, Peter, but what Mm -hmm. do you know about the Basques? You know, I, I know more about the Basques based on what other people have said about them. In particular, I know about them from global media that is basically taking the version of them given to them by Spanish media, Mm -hmm. uh, which of course means that I've only gotten a very biased version of of the Basques, which is to say they inhabit a particular area of northern Spain. They are relentless separatists. And uh, it, it is the area of Spain that is akin to Northern Ireland in that it is it is the source of the troubles. And and that is that is mostly what I know about them. In other words, I know much more about their political, geopolitical agenda than I know about their language, their culture, their cooking, uh, etc. So so I, I know I know I don't think I know the important stuff uh, well, about the Basques. All right. Well, we're going to start from the beginning, but let's orient ourselves a little bit. I'm going to share some maps with you. Oh, good. And we're going to talk a little bit about when we talk about Basques and the Basque Mm -hmm. country, what are we actually talking about? Mm -hmm. So this is a map of Spain, and it is a modern map of Spain with the Comunidades Autonomas, the autonomous communities, which are Mm -hmm. the largest administrative division in Spain. You can see up at the top in the border with France, right here in the blue, this is Pais Vasco, and Mm. underneath in parentheses, it says Euskadi. Euskadi Mm. is the name for Pais Vasco by the Basques, right? So that is what they call themselves. Mm -hmm. You can see a couple of towns that may be familiar Mm -hmm. to you. First of all, we have Bilbao. Mm-hmm. Then we have San Sebastian, which is Donostia in Basque. Mm. And then we have Vitoria, which is Gasteiz. Mm, in Basque. Mm-hmm. I will point out that uh, you can see that the Pais Vasco is not 100% contiguous. There's a little No, there's a little there. there's a little island in the middle, uh, well, not in the middle, in the southern portion. Uh, yes, a which, yes. Yes, which, which belongs to La Rioja. And then you uh, can see that the city that we talk most about when we talk about the Basque country, which is Pamplona, mm-hmm. also yes. called Irunia, is not mm-hmm. in the autonomous community of Pais Vasco. It uh-huh. is in Navarra. So, so, so these are all artifacts of uh, uh, a changing situation when it comes mm-hmm. to what we think of as the Basque country. Right. Uh, because previously, for example, Navarra or Navarre was mm-hmm. considered part of the Basque country. And there are lots of, uh, there's lots of Basque language still left in the Comunidad mm-hmm. Autónoma from this history. Mm-hmm. There are parts that are within the modern day País Vasco that are, mm-hmm. do not consider themselves culturally Basque. Okay. Why there's that carve out with La Rioja. Right, exactly. All right. 
And what this map does not show you is that over the border in France, there is the province of Gascony, which comes mm -hmm. from the same root as País Vasco. Right. And there are also Basque peoples that live there. Mm. Okay. Um, yes, got it. I'm going to show you another map, which is a bit more complicated. It breaks down Comunidades Autónomas into provinces. Oh, good Lord. That yes. is a, yes, that is a very yes. full map. It is a very full map. Let's see if I can get it any bigger, a little bit. So you can see that Navarre and mm -hmm. La Rioja, of course, actually also only have uh, one province within them, right? right? So Navarre is just Navarre. And right. that La Rioja is La Rioja. Rioja is, is right. just La Rioja, yes. But the Basque country is actually three provinces. We have Vizcaya, right. we have Alava, and then mm -hmm. we have Guipuscoa. Mm. Right. All right. And uh, these three are considered the heart of Basque country now, but it was not always this way. You can also see there's Cantabria and there's Asturias. So that right. will kind of orient us to where these mm -hmm. other provinces, autonomous communities are. Sure. Okay. So um, I kind of wanted to, to orient us on the map sure. before I start talking. Gotcha. All right. Got it. So where did the Basques come from? This yes. is an interesting question, and it's it's one that we ask about a lot of the peoples in Spain. Like we ask, where did the Romans come from? Where did the sure. Goths come from, right? Mm -hmm. And so we ask this about the Basques, but we don't have a good answer for that question. Hmm. The reason for that is is twofold. First of all, there are no native, by which I mean written by Basque people, there are right. no native records of hmm. Basques until well into the Middle Ages. At which point they've already been there for hundreds and hundreds for of years. Forever, right? Right. So there's no sort of record of what was going on with the Basques, by the Basques, in the same way that there is, for example, for the Visigoths. Sure. Right? Sure. We could track the Visigoths and their movements, not only through what Rome said about them. But I was going to say, yeah. Rome kept pretty good records. Yes, <laughs> but also by the charters that they themselves did, the church right. councils that they sure, participated sure. in. You know, we, we can trace them from their origins over by the Black Sea, right. over to uh, the sack of Rome, their mm -hmm. settlement in Aquitaine, their move over the Pyrenees. We, we have a general idea where the Visigoths came from, for example, mm -hmm. in a way that we just don't for the Basques because they weren't writing anything about themselves. They were not generating charters or genealogical lists. And many people didn't write about them either. The first real notice we have of anything resembling Basques is with the Roman Empire. Hmm. Oh, so okay. not, not even during the Republic, which no. I suppose I suppose makes sense as Spain was not a part of Rome until right. you know, you, later you have, on. You, right. You have to wait until, you know, the sort of the, 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 the Trajan era for that sort of thing. Okay. Right. But we do get notices from Roman writers of different bands of barbarians, as uh -huh. they are inevitably called. Of course Anybody who are. wasn't Roman was a barbarian. Was a barbarian, sure. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of different names for these peoples. Interestingly enough, a lot of the names and the descriptions of where these tribes lived correlate with Guipuscoa, Vizcaya, and Alava, right? Uh -huh. So it's thought that uh, these different names that were used in Roman sources for mm -hmm. people who lived in what we now call the Basque country are subdivisions of what we mm -hmm. would think of as Basques. Okay. Right? All right. But that doesn't answer the question where they came from. 
No, no, it doesn't. Right? If, if that's the <laughs> if that's the earliest record we have of them, if they were already pre-existing when the Romans got there, mm-hmm. well, mm. when did they get there? Yeah, right. When <laughs> did that happen? Because there are no charters, because there's no written evidence, and there's honestly not tons of archaeological evidence either. A lot of people have suggested that maybe we could trace them through their language. Uh, right? Oh, yes, yes, no, makes sense, sure. I mean, we, we could do this for other groups throughout history, right. you know. The problem with that is that Basque is a language that is unlike any other language in the area. Okay. <laughs> it is not an Indo-European language. Oh, 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 wow. All right. Yes. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so what does this mean? This means that it's not, <laughs> it's not related to Latin, right? No, 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 obviously not. But it's not. also not related to any of the Germanic languages that, right. that were on the continent. And mm-hmm. it's not related to any of the Celtic languages either. Right. And it's not related to Greek. No. And so okay. the question so if is... So it's not from the north and it's not from the west, or because it obviously couldn't yeah. be, and it's not from the east, we're starting to figure out where it has to be from. Well, it's the only non-Indo-European language in Western Europe. Ah, okay. The All only right. other one there could possibly be was Pictish, but we know even less about Pictish than we know about Basque. Right. And it doesn't seem that those two are related. Uh, all right. In sure. the entirety of Europe, there are only two language groups that are non-Indo-European. One of them is Basque. Yes. And one of them is the language family that includes Hungarian, Estonian, and Finnish. I, yeah, I think I think I knew that. I knew that Hungarian was in there in some sort of weird way. Um, okay. But that language family is not similar to Basque either. No, no, no. no, no. Nor would you expect it to be. Well, so there's really only one of two possibilities. Mm. Possibility number one is that Basque is a non-Indo-European language. It came from somewhere else on the continent, and Mm -hmm. it migrated into the area of modern-day Spain, along with the other Indo-European migrations that happened of the Celts, Mm -hmm. of the Iberians, etc. This doesn't seem very satisfactory because how mm-hmm. the heck did they migrate all that way and still kept their language? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and archaeologically speaking, there's still a lot of, okay, that raises more questions than it answers. Um, well, the other possibility is that the Basques were there before the Indo-European migrations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's what it's starting to feel like. Which means they've been there since the Neolithic. Okay. Um, Which, I mean, most people believe this, uh, but it also raises a whole bunch of questions. How did they maintain their language and culture all the way to the modern day? Right. Uh, Like most, most languages that have a history as long as the Basques. For example, China, Mandarin Chinese. Yes. But, <laughs> but the, okay, so Mandarin Chinese uh, is a culture and a language that stretches all the way back to twenty seven hundred BC. Yeah, we are we are very familiar. I, again, 
They wrote stuff down. They invented well, they wrote the thing. Stuff down. They literally invented the thing that you write stuff down on. Well, they did write stuff down, but they also maintained this unbroken streak of their language. Right. By assimilating other cultures around them. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really think about it now because China is so big, but when the Han Chinese started, they were a very, very tiny minority on the shores of the Yellow River. Mm-hmm. Right. And by right. expanding and by assimilating and letting in other peoples of other cultures and also mm-hmm. their language, their language has changed. Yes. Now we have this unbroken Chinese history mm-hmm. for, for 4,000 years. Right. Right. On a slightly so- shorter scale, Rome, sort of same thing. Yes. Um, well, you could also say the same thing about Arabic. Yes, oh um, God, yes. You can say the same thing about Judaism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, it's not really talked about, but Hebrew is a Semitic and Mediterranean language and culture, and yep. yet the acceptance of cultural change from Ashkenazi elements is what mm-hmm. maintained the long, unbroken right. line. Kept from, it going, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the Basques didn't do this. Okay. Right? The All Basques right. have always been the Basques. They have never... They have never created an empire like this. Right. Uh, uh, okay. So it's um, a big mystery, is I, the answer. I was going uh, Has the theory of ancient aliens been floated? Yes. Um, because, because. No, I'm dead because, serious. No, People... I believe that. I believe that. This is absolutely the sort of thing that makes bored people come up with stuff people um, in the past used to uh you know hypothesize that basque was the language that was spoken in the garden of eden and all kinds oh, of stuff wow yeah N- now yeah. we're on joseph smith level uh yes. of imaginative reconstruction okay <laughs> yes so the answer of where did the basques come from where did their language come from uh i cannot answer that Mm-hmm. because nobody mm-hmm. can answer that it's one of the world's great mysteries cool. we did get a little bit of help recently with the uh the discovery of the hand of irulegi oh. you sent me this actually the, oh i did uh, i did article. yes i did yes mm-hmm. this is a uh, piece of metal working it looks right. like a hand and mm-hmm. it has an inscription on it not in latin characters this mm-hmm. uh it looks to me to be gothic or maybe even earlier uh mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. and it's in basque and how old is you know <laughs> it is from i think it's from like the first century mm. yeah over not 2000 bad. years old has I, this you may not know but i just ha, ha, have we done dna testing have we have we studied the the basque people yes just we in, have okay blood tests shows that the basques are slightly physically different from Spaniards and Frenchmen. Okay. Slightly. For example, the, actually, let me take a look because it's right here in the book. Okay. So a disproportionately high percentage of Basques have blood, uh, have O-type blood. Okay. 55%. In Spain, it's only 40% of people and it's 43% in France. Hmm. All right. So it's, that's, it's a distinct difference. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a statistical deviation. Yeah. And right. blood type B and AB mm-hmm. are much less common among Basques than among Spaniards or Frenchmen. Blood type B is about 3% of Basques, but 9% of Spaniards and 10.5% of Frenchmen. Hmm. 
All right. And AB is even rarer. It's 1.5% among Basques. Oh, and four point and 4.5% among Spaniards and Frenchmen. Do not go to the hospital for a transfusion. Um, so, so there is a physical difference. However, yeah. and, and I'm going to throw this right out. Actually, I'm going to quote Roger Collins right okay. here from his wonderful book, The Basques, which I have used <laughs> to prep for these uh, <laughs> these upcoming recordings. All right. Roger Collins is, is one of the most prolific writers in Middle Ages Spain, Spain okay. writing. Okay. Right? Okay. Anyway, so this is what he says after laying out all of this uh, blood type and genetic testing uh, type. He says, uh, uh, the invoking of such notions as that of purity of blood and the implication that most of the rest of the population of Western Europe constitute genetic mongrels of basically Asiatic <laughs> origin will hardly endear such arguments to the reader. Well enough yes. aware of the appalling consequences of such thinking for the history of the continent in the earlier part of this century. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's the other thing about talking about differences between Basques and Spaniards or Basques. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, no. I mean, the, the, the especially the initial answers would lead to nothing but suffering. Exactly. Um, for sure. And, and for a lot sure. of times these sorts of results are used to push a nationalistic... Oh. Yeah. Well, as someone who is American, I have absolutely no uh, experience uh, with uh, that that period in history. Um, so, no. <laughs> right. So, so the answer to your question is yes, but it's also not a thing that a lot of people are comfortable looking into. Yeah. No. To to be clear, I'm 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 fine with not basically if the if the choice is an ugly answer or the mystery, I will take the mystery every time. Yeah. So cool. I'm I'm fine with that. Okay. Uh, just 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 wondering. So the first real notices of the Basques that we get are during the Roman Empire. Okay. When Spain was part of the Roman Empire, and this might surprise you, but. <laughs> All of the notices we get of the Basques are generally peaceful oh. and of people just kind of getting on with their lives. Uh-huh. I, I mean, was, was this area part of the Roman Empire? It was. And uh -huh. there are there's every indication that it was well integrated into the Roman Empire. Wow. Right. If, if you go back and look at the maps, Pamplona and Zaragoza are right on the Ebro River. Uh, oh, and right. the they received a lot of influence from Rome, yeah. mm -hmm. a lot of trade, a lot of people passed through the area, and there was no fighting, there was no huh. banditry, there was no issue whatsoever. Wow. What did the Romans say to them to make that happen? When we talk about the Basque country, we are actually talking about two very different economic realities. We have the highlands and the lowlands. Right. Ah, all right. The lowlands are places with cities like Pamplona, like mm -hmm. Calahorra, like Zaragoza, right? Along uh -huh, the river uh -huh. valley. And then we have the highlands, which are up in the mountains and between the mountains and the coast. Now, okay, this is an easy connection to make, but are we talking, basically you're describing Scotland. It, um, it's very similar to Scotland yeah. with highlands and lowlands. Yes. Right. But, but also it, what's what's in each that yeah, that's that's okay. Gotcha. So we see in the lowlands, for example, we have cities, we mm -hmm. have a bishopric, 
Uh, Kalahora uh, produced several scholars who wrote chronicles mm-hmm. interconnected with the, the rest of the Roman world, the rest of Spain and Gaul, mm-hmm. right? And then in the highlands, we have a completely different economic reality because in the <laughs> mountains, it's very hard to make a living. Just to Yeah, you got to eat honey. Um... <laughs> well... <laughs> Most of the economic activity in the highlands is animal husbandry, is uh, yeah. raising animals and uh, and raising usually sheep, uh, sure. but also cattle, pigs, maybe, mm-hmm. right? Very, very sure-footed cattle. Well, um, the, uh, things that can eat the weeds that grow on yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah, I was going to, that, that, that is, that is prime real estate for goats um, right but the this is not what you would call arable land you cannot right. grow things to support your family sure. and the thing about animal husbandry and about a pastoral society is you can't support your family just on sheep right 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 there's there's not enough you need you need to be able to trade somehow yes. to get the other necessities that you need to support a family yeah. and that's where the highlands and the lowlands can work together right Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if you live up in the mountains with your family clan and you bring your big old herd of sheep into kalahora then you can trade we're in a river valley guess what we can make here (laughs) yes you can trade for vegetables right you could you know there's there's all kinds of uh goods and services that you're going to be able to get with this interaction between the highlands and the lowlands right and because rome built a lot of roads because yes. Rome was invested in the peaceful and secure passage of those roads, mm-hmm. things were not bad in the Basque country. Sure. And it really allowed the people up in the highlands to maintain their language, maintain mm-hmm. their culture, and mm-hmm. still be able to participate in the wilder world and support themselves. Now, uh, another question. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the Basque religion prior to Christianity? That is a very good question. There is debate as to when the Basques were Christianized. Mm-hmm. Most likely at the same time as everybody else in the Roman. I f- yeah, I figured. Yes. I mean, I mentioned there was a bishopric, right? Sure. I, I was um, going to say, I caught that, but I immediately thought, well, not initially there wasn't. No, not initially <laughs> there was not. There's very little evidence for um, Basque pagan deities, but there mm-hmm. is some. I'm going to butcher this oh, uh, let me find um the name of the deity that we do know about and once again once i say it you're going to be mm. like oh yeah basque is not like any other language in europe is it? i am sure that's true okay the name of the deity is Ilurberius. Uh, okay i-l-u-r-b-e-r-r-i-x-u-s wow that is, is a, nearly Welsh. Yeah, uh, it is a very Basque convolutedness. All right. All it right. It is thought that the name means the new Hawthorne from Iluri and Berry. And so it huh. may have been tree worship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say there's, there's, well, there's the, there's the totemic, there's the druidic. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool local religions. And I just wondered, you know, if we had some idea of what, uh, what they were doing. We, we don't um, have a lot of information, but this is what the archaeological evidence, we have found a, uh, an altar to this. Okay. This All new right. Hawthorne guy. Cool. That also brings the question, 
yes, maybe people in Calahorra, where the cathedral was, were yes. Christian. How many people mm-hmm. up in the mountains were Christian? Uh, yeah, the Highlands sounds to me like the kind of place where, you know, movies like Midsummer take place in the Highland areas of every country, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, so this is the, the Roman rule of Spain. So how did we get from that mm-hmm. to... The very first news we have of the Basques during the Visigoth era, which is by mm. Gregory of Tours, okay. and refers yes. to banditry on the highways. Yeah, uh, of course it does. What happens? Basically what happened, I mean, the short answer is the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah, you installed Visigoths. I mean, yeah. what did you think was going to happen? A period of peace? Well, basically uh-huh. what happened after Rome pulled out of the peninsula and the waves of different barbarian tribes like the Alans and the Suevi and the Vandals right. came through. And then the Visigoths were put there to attempt to control those. Right. That's a lot of people going through that river valley. Right. Yeah. And the Visigoths are, I mean, we had a deal with the Romans. You are not the Romans. Well, it wasn't Uh, so much that. It was just that those cities that used to be very well connected to the wider empire and used to be market towns and used mm -hmm. to be places of cathedrals were completely decimated by all the chopping and changing and and the different tribes going through. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that the people in the highlands don't have any place to sell their livestock. They can't trade anymore. Right. So what do they do? How do they get what they need for their families to survive? Right. Oh, yeah. This is is basically what happens in Mad Max when the oil runs out. Yeah. Um, They go go over the Pyrenees to France and start knocking Mm -hmm. over towns and gasketing. Of of course they do. Of course they do. So this, this is how the Basques went from a distinct, isolated, but, you know, connected part of the Roman Empire to mm-hmm. how we see them during the Visigoth time, where they are bandits and brigands and always causing problems. Right. 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 Okay. So so that's how we see them throughout the Visigothic era. And even into the governor's area, I don't know if you remember, but Yusuf, oh, yeah. the last governor, he was actually fighting the Basques when he got they, the notification he, that Abdel Rahman the right. first had landed. The yeah, no, the, it it suddenly becomes yeah the 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 sore tooth that you can't keep can't stop poking with your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you want to leave it alone, but you can't. Yeah, um, sure. And in the late seven hundreds, so mm. we're kind of catching up with our story now. All right we have this area that is linguistically and culturally distinct. Very distinct. Both from the Christian kingdoms mm-hmm. on either side of it and the Muslim kingdom to the south. And mm-hmm. this interplay between all of them is is what really marks the Basque experience at this mm-hmm. time. Okay, right? okay. Um, so, hmm. oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'm about to go into another section. Oh, so question. well, I was I was going to ask. Um, all right. So obviously there is a cultural distinction. There is certainly a linguistic distinction. Uh, there is the desire, obviously, for a political distinction. Mm-hmm. But given that the Basques are Christian, how mm-hmm. much connection between them and, say, Rome? In other words, does Rome represent some kind of 
connection to the outside world that they that they do respect no okay <laughs> that's the short I, answer i figured to that. the answer would be no but i wanted to you know, find out why <laughs> there's no indications of an interchange between any basque peoples and rome at this time mm. and I mean, part of it is cultural because you'll notice that all this time talking about the Romans and the Visigoths and bringing us up to almost our current sure. point in the story, I have not once mentioned any sort of leader of the No, Basques. no, you have not. That is right? correct. There isn't even a, an original word in Basque for king or kingships or the concept <laughs> of kingships. All of these are loan words. Yikes. Right? Yeah, it's it's. It's just, it just doesn't seem to have been a thing. People gathered in family clans that uh -huh. were matrilineal. Inheritances oh, no. really? were passed. Okay. Yes. Inheritance, mm -hmm. Inheritances were passed down whole, huh. right? So they were All not right. split amongst children. Younger Ooh. sons typically joined the army, which was As easy you do. to, which was easy yeah. to do again in Roman times. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, but there, there is a real lack of central authority mm. in in the Basque areas. Hmm. Okay. So when you ask if there is like a relationship with Rome, I mean, no, there's no official relationship with Rome, but there's okay. no official Basque, right, right, either. Well, and and again, I mean, I we we keep making, I mean, I keep making the comparison with Scotland, and that was sort of you know the reason why Presbyterianism really took off in Scotland was because yes, these people are Christian, but they're so distant from Rome that they don't associate Christianity uh, with obedience to a foreign potentate. They associate mm -hmm. it with local religious beliefs and practices mm -hmm. um so i i can easily see a similar situation happening here yeah i mean during roman times the seat at calahorra as i said mm -hmm. produced several um scholars of note there was a bishop of pamplona at the third council okay. of toledo under the uh visigoths mm -hmm. but the there just doesn't seem to have been a lot of overarching organization hmm. all right okay good to know yes when the Muslim conquest came in 711, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. area of the Basque country was taken along with the rest of the peninsula as Indeed. part of as part of Al-Andalus. A lot of the area was kind of left to be as it was, right? Mm -hmm. we, we talked about the agreements between, for example, Count Cassius. Right. Count Cassius was based in the Pamplona area, right? Yes. So this yes. is, yes, this yes, is yes. an example of, of the type of rule that was common in mm -hmm. in the basque area during the muslim conquest right yes however there's still those tensions between al-andalus and well basically charlemagne the franks of course right asturias will come into it in a second but the the <laughs> main the main disagreement that we have is between the expansion of the muslim conquest and sure. the Franks. They're both on one side of the Pyrenees, shaking their fist at the other side. Exactly. Um, yeah. Now, the first time we see this touch of the Basque country is in 778. And we talked about right. this before. This is right. Charlemagne and Zaragoza. 
Mm-hmm. Just to right. sum up, because uh, mm-hmm. we did talk about this in a previous episode, but right. when uh, Abdul Rahman the first became king, mm-hmm. the, there were a lot of rebellions that he had to deal with because a lot of fires to put out. Yeah, yes. A lot of fires to put out. One of those fires was the Wali in charge of Zaragoza in Spain. Mm-hmm. He decided, like many other people in the peninsula did, that he was going to go for it and try to seize right. power. Yep. Yep. And Abdel Rahman, of course, was not going to uh, be having that. Yes. Uh, yeah, no. So Unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. <laughs> so the Wali of Zaragoza turned to Charlemagne and said, hey, help. Can you help? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, and we really don't know, it's very unclear, but Charlemagne decides this is a good idea. So he gathers his troops and he Ooh. crosses the Pyrenees and he shows them yep. at Zaragoza. Mm. Again, it's unclear what happened during that march but when they got uh, to zaragoza the gates were closed to them and nobody yeah. was letting them in uh-huh changed their minds take backs take backs uh, yeah it's huh? it's it's not super clear they mm-hmm. seen zaragoza unsuccessfully for a little bit yep. and then they eventually decided to give up they returned mm-hmm. through the western pyrenees shouldn't have done Ron- that through Roncevalles, shouldn't have done that. talked about and mm-hmm. were attacked by basque bandits yes Yes. 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 So this this um, is the song of Roland uh, yes. all over again. And and I will just say that uh, when I was uh, in Paris, I went to the Louvre and I saw a huge canvas that was the death of Roland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it's it, it's exactly what it should be. It's nothing but forbidding landscape and a teeny tiny death scene, sort of in the middle of all of this oppressively intimidating vast mountainous terrain yeah um so i'm like yeah that's about right (laughs) so this is the first encounter between north and south over the basque country okay then 25 years passed. Muslim rule is restored. <laughs> you know, Muslim yes. rule is restored in the area. Abdel Rahman yeah. the first. I was going to say, Al Rahman came to play. He, you know, mm-hmm. this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. He he installed someone loyal. Yes. And then uh, 25 years go by without mm-hmm. too much more issue. Right. This brings us to the early 800s. Mm. So this is about the time when Louis the Pious, who is Charlemagne's right. son, is yes. setting up those marcher counties on the other mm-hmm. side of the Pyrenees, mm-hmm. right? So this is this is when the Franks start to think maybe this is a good idea to try again. Yeah, we try it's again. Twenty five years, we've yes. licked our wounds. We know where they are now. Uh huh. Also, at by this point, a good number of Basques have crossed the Pyrenees. This happened throughout the Visigothic oh, era um, right. and into the, the Muslim era. Crossed the Pyrenees mm-hmm. into southern France. And this mm-hmm. is now the development of the, the province of Gascony. Is happening ah, all right. All right. Right. Okay. Right. So we're getting to the early 800s. The county of Barcelona has been um, created. Bera is the count. And mm-hmm. we have a couple of other counties uh, along yes. the marches. There mm-hmm. was an attempt to set up a marcher county centered in Pamplona. That was a terrible failure. I was going to say bad idea. Yes, it, it was. A, it was a terrible, terrible failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a county that was set up. Uh, it, it seems like a, a couple times set up <laughs> just to the east in Aragon. 
Okay. Now, Aragon, right. this is a name that's probably ringing a lot of bells in your head. Of course. This is mm -hmm. going to be an important place in Spanish history. Yes, For it is. Right now, it's not super important. We will mm -hmm. split it off into its own season once we get to that point. All right, but, cool. But, but we, will, we will just talk about it right now um, okay. as, as the, the, the Frankish attempt to to set up and and uh an area franchise on the basically yes. franchise into the iberian peninsula yes right okay right so in the year 799 mm -hmm. in pamplona the mm -hmm. muslim governor the wali again his name was mutarif ibn musa he All was right. actually a member of the banu Qasi. Mm -hmm. Right. So he is a member of that important family from the area. Right. Right. And he was loyal to Cordoba. He was mm -hmm. murdered. Oh, did you, oh, do we do we know by whom? By his own <laughs> subjects. It was an uprising. Oh, oh wow. OK. Uh, all right. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. This this put everything into a tumult. Right? Yeah, it does. It tends to do that. Right. So so this is when the Franks decided to sweep in again and and start this new county oh, of yeah, Aragon. Yes. Well, clearly things are not stable over there. Let's yes. uh, let's let's see what we can stir up. <laughs> yes. So immediately after this, starting about 806, we have nominal Frankish rule in the area. Mm, right? Mm -hmm, so we have this right. county of Aragon okay. and and nominal Frankish rule in the area. We mm. don't really know what that was like. As I said, the attempts to set up a marcher county in Pamplona failed. Right. right. I was going to say, and the use your your repeated use of the word nominal uh, suggests not well. It, it not well. Not well. Yeah. We know a little bit more about Aragon because okay. we know the guy who was set up as the uh, count of Aragon, okay. and this is a guy right. named Aznar Galindez. All right. A-Z-N-A-R, Aznar. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. He was, as the name may indicate, a Basque. So he was a yeah. local guy. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, yeah, the, the, the Z in the first name was a tip-off. Yes, um, and okay. he is loyal to Louis the Pious. All right, okay. Right. All right. So this goes on for a little bit until we reach the Battle of Pancorbo. Mm. We talked about this in Vera's episode, I believe. Okay. This is about 814. Okay. All right, yeah. Right, about 814. Yeah. Got it. And this was nominally a battle between the Franks and the Muslims. Mm, right, nominally. Nominally. But the upshot of it is that the native population of Pamplona and the surrounding areas said, you know what? Mm -hmm. We don't want to do this anymore. Uh, you you, you, you both are just terrible you're both <laughs> awful and i think it's time that we need a king yeah we need our space yes <laughs> so this is where we get our very first king of the basques and this is a guy mm -hmm. named inigo arista and mm -hmm. that's who we're going to be reviewing in our next episode okay all right but i kind of wanted you to bring you up to speed oh, yeah. as to what's going on with what who yes. are the basques where did they come from what are mm -hmm. they like and what is happening immediately before they get their first king good lord all right yeah 
<laughs> a lot, a lot is the answer to a that. Lot a lot is the answer to that. Wow. Right. We don't, we're not rating anything in this one. No. And I'm going to save the recommendations for when we do do a rating. I hope you enjoyed our Basque chat. Yes. And uh, let us know what you think. Please tune, do. Yes. And tune in next <laughs> time for Inigo Arista. Yay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.